0: We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. Silence! Knows why you have come. You've
1: got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Been... You have meddled with the tribal forces of nature.
0: Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you. Who regiment your lives. Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel. Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle. Use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourself unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. <laughs>
2: Now, reality rants with Jason Burmes.
3: And who loves you? And who do you love?
2: Hey, everybody! Jason Burmes here. It is reality rants. This is Red Voice Media. We got a banger of a show today. Uh, in about a half an hour, if everything goes right, and the uh, streaming slash radio slash web TV gods are good to me. We should have Jeremy McKenzie on. And if you are unfamiliar with Jeremy uh, McKenzie's story, uh, one of our true neighbors to the north that has uh, stood up to the authoritarianism to the tune of now being debanked. Uh, Still going after him in court. He had court yesterday. That's why we weren't able to have him on on a Monday. So hopefully that's going to happen. We'll see what goes down in about a half an hour. But what I wanted to do out of the gates was kind of focus on this uh, and focus on it in the respect that, you know, these people above us um, and and really below us too. you know, Canada, Mexico, we have so much more in common. I'd say culturally, obviously, we have more in common with those in Canada, but now when you're on the Mexican border states, you know, and you're living in a Texas or in Arizona, there's so much symbiosis there as well. And and it's on purpose, right? They, they want to get rid of as much um, culture that is for the individual as possible. And Canada, which is, is much smaller than, than people understand in comparison to the United States, it's extremely tiny, right? But They share so much of our supposed ideals and their politicians share so much of the inverted rhetoric that is going around about democracy and freedom and sustainability. And Trudeau is clearly on that agenda. He's a pretty boy puppet. He's gotten away with things that no other politician could withstand. At all, not even close. Not not a- anybody that was being honest in this uh wacky world, right? I mean, you literally got the guy playing dress up in blackface on several occasions, thinks he's Aladdin, okay, whatever. But but the humdinger of a Who Whistle, the Buster Brown, the one that should have just been all over the place everywhere and was barely discussed, was the fact you had this privileged. Super rich kid in a video during his college years where he's not only in blackface in this weird like Grand Rapids like, hey, we're at a summer camp. We're totally rich, but he's got a a stuffed pant leg for a trouser snake that goes down to his knees and is the width of a, a wiffle ball bat. We won't even say aluminum bat because it's Trudeau, and we don't want to give him too much uh, hammer time, if you know what I'm saying. If you know what I'm saying. And everybody acts like that's okay. Can you imagine <laughs> if somewhere they dug something like that up against one of these supposed alt-right figures, right? Because McKenzie, who we're going to have on, uh, all's on. And you go to the mainstream media, white nationalist, white supremacist. First of all, I, I, I would never advocate for anybody who actually believed there was a superior race of people. A superior race. God's chosen people. The best of the best. Just ludicrous. Humanity is one species, uno, uno species, okay? And and they constantly try to redirect this idea that since we have different skin tones and different features, everything has to revolve around that. You speak out against mandates, you're a bigot, you're a racist. You speak out against the fact that all of a sudden there's all this inflation. You can't keep your business going. They wanna take away what's left of uh, your gun rights. You're a bigot. You're a racist. It's that simple. So I got several clips here lined up, uh, but I'm gonna start with Tulsi Gabbard. And, And I understand that Tulsi can be a little divisive because some people feel like she doesn't go far enough Others are are disturbed as I am about uh, her in the past advocating for using torture in the Middle East, right? And certainly not coming around to the facts of 9/11. Still, Tulsi was on uh, the Tucker last night, and they were talking about the situation in Ukraine, the conflict with Russia, uh, the fact that that escalation is very scary. I actually have video, video of a death ray. Remember how I told you this thing is going to escalate and all of a sudden we're going to see all these weapons maybe we haven't seen before? Now, this is something that's been utilized before, uh, but certainly not something I was familiar with. And and, and I think that that's going to escalate as well. Uh, we're probably going to show you that before we get Mr. McKenzie on. But but let's break down this, this Tulsi Gabbard piece. Talking about uh, our neighbors to the north.
1: Just when we think that it is impossible for our leaders to show any more hypocrisy and insanity and disregard for our fundamental God given rights and freedoms, they surprise us yet again. We have Canada and the United States that are known throughout the world to be beacons of freedom, to be these bright lights of democracy where people from anywhere and everywhere, from every walk of life, no matter your race or ethnicity or any of these other superficial differences, that every one of us has the right to freedom, the right to free speech, to express ourselves, to think independently, and to even, I dare say, express our displeasure through protesting decisions by our own government.
2: First of all, there's no reason to dare say it. that's, That's why we have it, because everybody, everybody that lived through time periods where things were dictated to them and they were treated as the lesser realized it was inherent that we constantly, constantly challenged these officials at the top, especially when they were corrupt and exerted their power in a manner to strangle the populace essentially i just want to put that all out there tulsa want want, want, want to make sure we're, we're giving it a little gravitas
1: thinking this we would all be wrong now prime minister justin trudeau canada has yet again very recently shown just how anti-freedom and anti-democracy He actually is. We
3: have uh, a robust functioning democracy and uh, protests, public protests are an important part of making sure we're getting messages out there and
2: kidding. I love it when they, we, we have a robust democracy. Oh, first of all, this country, the United States, not a democracy, a constitutional Republic rooted in democratic values and systems that have been corrupted to the point where if you question our free and fair elections, all right, because they're run through multi-billion dollar corporations and their are voting machines and we can't audit them, all of a sudden, you're a bigot. You're a white supremacist, right? You're part of the problem and they and they throw that on you. They act like you're a fascist. No, the fascism would be what? The privatized companies in bed with the government to ensure, to I don't know, fortify, fortify election results, right? Time magazine. They're getting messages out there and highlighting how they feel about various issues,
3: uh, but using protests to demand uh, changes to public policy um, is something that
2: that I think is 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 worrisome. I mean, think about how absurd on its face is. All right, right there. Protests. I mean, that, that, so you want a redress to your grievances. You go out there and you protest, and you're doing so to change policy. That's worrisome. That's worrisome. Now, back it up to, you know, they want to label people like McKenzie and others, domestic terrorists, domestic terrorists. And if you go all the way back to the Patriot Act and the definitions in there, they broaden the definition for sure so that they could make it into domestic terrorism and broaden it to the fact that really all you had to do was commit violence uh, for a political outcome or suggest that there should be violence. It was so broad, but you know, the the traditional view is actually committing violent acts for political outcomes. So that's bad news, Brown. You don't usually want to do that, right? We're not advocating that. But we sure are advocating for protests and civil disobedience. Not Mr. Trudeau. That's worrisome. That's worrisome in Canada.
1: What? So here we have the Prime Minister of Canada saying that, yes, we have a highly functioning democracy and people's voices, the Canadian people's voices should be heard and they have the right and freedom to protest. However, if those protests are used to demand change in government policy, then no, that shouldn't be allowed. Just in that statement in and of itself, you got to wonder how this guy doesn't see the hypocrisy in his singular phrase that freedom of speech is welcome just don't use it to demand change in your own government why else would anyone go out and protest if you are happy with everything that's going on that your government is doing everything just right why would you go out on the streets and lift your voice why would you go out and protest unless it is actually to demand change so this statement by prime minister justin trudeau is very very revealing actually about what democracy means to him and frankly how democracy in his mind does not include free speech
2: it's an illusion just just like the idea of what tulsi started with this illusion that we're beacons of freedom we're beacons of freedom yeah let me know how free, all right, those uh, Afghani, Iraqi, Syrian, Yemeni citizens feel. How free do they feel huh? with biometric systems and, uh, you know, outside governments just taking over and doing what they want? Is that freedom? Is that, is, is that the freedom we've been striving for? And again and again and again, most people don't think it can happen here because it hasn't happened here. And we've had it too damn good for too damn long. All right, and that, and that's why we've acquiesced. And the softer version of, of the United States, unfortunately, is Canada. You know, I did the Union of the Unwanted last night. A few Canadians on the broadcast. I'll probably put that up, a 45-minute portion or so, over at the Rockfin and uh, Rumble later this afternoon really good discussion uh definitely chimed in quite a bit but culturally it's not as embedded as it is here so so you start there you start in australia you start where there's going to be less of a pushback and quite frankly there's less management because there's less people and then they put a pretty boy face on it right
1: So the latest example now here again of the hypocrisy coming from the Canadian government has to do with Jordan Peterson. Now we've seen other examples before how uh, Canada recently they banned the sale of handguns, they don't the right of individuals to defend themselves or their loved ones. We have seen also similarly how President Biden here in our own country has hinted at his desire To do the same. And so when we look at our own constitution, look at Canada's constitution, we see further and further infringement upon our God given rights and freedoms. Now, Jordan Peterson is the latest victim of Canada's prosecution against free speech.
2: And and let me say this I don't want to carry too much water for Jordan Peterson. And this isn't just shit all over the guy, but I think that a, a lot of people aggrandize him because he is spoken. He sounds extremely educated. He's saying a lot of common sense things, right? Uh, he called out the absurdity of what is truly a, a transhuman agenda. You know, the, the, they'll mask it, and you know, all this is Marxism, et cetera. No, no, it's a transhuman agenda. and And he called that out very early and said he will not bend the knee, but it's not just Canada. And it's not just psychologists and PhDs that are being forced basically uh, for social media re-education, or you'll have your license pulled. You know, that, that this is horrific, don't get me wrong, but we, we've seen over the last several years during this uh, COVID-1984 nightmare, that, you know, all sorts of people with, a, you know, a doctor in front of their name, not just Dr. Jill. <laughs> Dr. Jill, our hero and savior out there, um, they are gone as well. And and Peterson himself is one of these figures, guys. Let's come up and talk a little Jordan Peterson. Where, uh, you know, I was looking for it before the show. Basically, uh, you know, he he was praising some of the hate and lies stuff that was coming out in the beginning. Now he's questioning it. Uh, And I think that was on the Tim Dillon show. I don't know. I'm going to have to find it. It's not something we could probably even play here and make actual commentary on because we're on YouTube. And Jordan Peterson, you know, if anybody follows him, you know, has his own mental health struggles. And and it's not easy out there. I know that. I know that. I I know everybody has their own struggles. I have my own struggles. There are certain things that I do that I'm not in love with that I would like to improve. I think we can all be better people. Um, I think it's very hard to you know, achieve certain levels of, of what we want internally, right? I think depression's a real thing. But Peterson has been on all sorts of medications, um, dealt with all sorts of, of mental struggles as well, open about it, had addiction issues. And, and I get it that relates to a lot of human beings, right? That relates to a lot. A lot of us have those issues, but, you know, I tend to gravitate at least in, in my opinion, uh, to value the opinions of others that kind of have those things under control, at least on a surface level, right? They're not devastating their life to the tune of, them going to rehab or publicly having to talk about it. Again, we all have our struggles, but I've always been a a guy that's moderation, right? You have to be able to control how many drinks you have. You you have to take personal responsibility for that. And, and, you know, this is the make your own bed guy. Now, all of that being said, all that, do I think he needs to go to a re-education camp? No, of course not. That's insanity, insanity, insanity. So uh, let's go back to Gabbard here and see what she has to say on this subject.
1: He is being threatened by a government regulatory uh, organization, uh, the College of Psychologists, and they are threatening to take away his medical license unless he goes through retraining that is overseen by them and approved by them. And if he fails to do so, they will take away his license. And what was his offense? Well, he said some things that offended some people. We're gonna go to a clip now from a member of parliament from Canada's Conservative Party. He has been in this position since 2004 and he currently serves as the leader of the opposition in Canada's parliament.
0: So the Ontario College of Psychologists has told Jordan Peterson that he either undergo retraining for social media etiquette or lose his license to practice as a clinical psychologist.
2: And by the way, I've got a clip of this guy confronting Trudeau about his uh, cronyism and basically looting the funds, just just like all these criminals do. Looting the funds on behalf of what? This sustainability agenda as inflation goes through the roof through these consultancies, or I'm sorry, consultant uh, agencies, that you know employ his buddies just want to point that like this guy actually does a really good job uh, it's about a three plus minute clip and trudeau doesn't even answer the question and he just responds in bureaucratic fashion
0: this follows a number of complaints by people who don't like his online posts uh, one of which is a retweet something i posted another is a criticism of justin trudeau now it should go without saying that in a free country Professionals should not lose their jobs and licenses because they express a political opinion contrary to the licensing body that's mandated by the government.
1: The statement that he just made really sums it up that in a free country, people should be allowed to say what they want to say without threat of retaliation or retribution from their own government.
2: Uh And, And not only their own government, but the basics. They don't get to cut off your internet, They don't get to cut off your phone. They don't get to cut off your bank. They don't get to cut off your payment processing or your credit cards at all, at all. That's not real. Like think about it. Do you believe in this country right now, there aren't banking institutions that know damn well that they are banking with at least subsidiaries of criminal organizations whether it be, uh, you know, Italian organized crime, or uh, South American Mexican cartel organized crime, I mean, I mean, le- legitimately, the real gangsters are the banksters, and they'll do they'll do business with anybody's blood money. But now they'll go after the little guy. So it's even beyond the government. Okay. And that's why it, it's gonna be so important to have uh, McKenzie on in about eight minutes or so. Almost 200 people are watching. Can we get a hundred thumbs up again? Jeremy McKenzie recently debanked, really goes along uh, with this entire thing uh, that Tulsi Gabbard is talking about. And uh, again, talking about Jordan Peterson is one thing, and we should be talking about that, uh, but this is going even further.
1: But that's exactly what's happening to Jordan Peterson right now he received a very threatening letter from the college of psychologists jordan peterson may have lacked professionalism in public statements made on social media and during a january 25th 2022 podcast appearance which happened to be on Uh, the Joe Rogan experience. None of these complaints are coming from people who were uh, medical patients or clients of Jordan Peterson. They're not coming from anyone that had anything to do with anyone who was a client or had any kind of acquaintance within his medical practice, which frankly has not been functioning for the last few years simply because of the fact that since he became a publicly known figure, uh, he has been under attack by these regulatory agencies and people who are critics of the things that he is saying.
2: And, and I would also say this. Uh, I'm sure financially, he doesn't need to be doing those things anymore, especially with the Daily Wire deal. I mean, if you're following the Crowder thing and the Candace Owens thing, and I, I don't follow much of it. Uh, my girlfriend sent me something that Candace Owens apparently said about it. Uh, other than the initial stuff with Crowder showing the contract and the response from Shapiro, Whatever whatever. But I'm, I'm, I guarantee you that Jordan Peterson, you know, who also spoke at the Trilateral Co- Commission several years ago is doing just fine financially. So, you know, he's not really involved in his practice, not so much because he's become a, a public figure and under fire. I think that the finances of doing other things and speaking and writing books uh, has taken him away from that, you know, and, and again, with that relapse, in his mental health and his addiction status, you 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 have to again wonder if economics has something to do with
1: that. Peterson says, what exactly have I done that is so seriously unprofessional that I am now a danger, not only to any new potential clients but to the public itself. It's hard to tell with some of the complaints. One involved the submission of an entire transcript of a three hour discussion on the Joe Rogan podcast. But here are some examples that might produce some reasonable concern amongst Canadians who care about such niceties as freedom of belief, conscience and speech. One, I retweeted a comment made by conservative leader Pierre Polyev about the unnecessary severity of the COVID lockdowns. I criticize Pr- prime minister, Justin Trudeau. I criticize Justin Trudeau's former chief of staff, Gerald Butts. I criticized an Ottawa city councilor. And I made a joke about the prime minister of New Zealand.
2: Uh, Jordan. P- and again, Jacinda Arden, one of the worst of the worst. One, one, one of the petty authoritarians that basked, basked in these undemocratic, unconstitutional dictates that again, supposedly put us in our place. So uh, with that being said, hopefully we will not have any technical difficulties here and it doesn't look like we we are. We have uh, Jeremy McKenzie with us and uh, Mr. McKenzie was actually in court yesterday. We're gonna be talking about that we're going to be talking about really how this journey got started. And uh, I do have to warn you, we are on YouTube right now. So there are certain restrictions for the first half hour. I'm sure that you are aware of them. Um, you might be muted. I'm not sure if I'm hearing you yet, uh, just to let you know. Um, and it, good. Nope. Yep. I do hear you. You sound great. So for those unaware of your story and and those who may have just read some things in the mainstream media about how you're a far right wing activist, you're basically a domestic terrorist, you're a white supremacist. How does this all come about? It seems to me you're just a Canadian that became extremely concerned over the past several years of these authoritarian dictates and measures and dared speak out, dared organize, and dared challenge this system, and now you've been vilified to a level where you've been debanked. So, Jeremy McKenzie, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us where the journey starts.
4: Hey, Jason, thanks for having me, man, I appreciate it. Um, it's been a wild couple of years. Uh, I've, been, I've been doing this kind of thing for probably, probably a while, since I left the military in, in 2017, I started uh, just as a hobby. Um, just as something to something to, you know, I've kind of a creative outlet. I've always been, I was always that guy in the military with the, you know, the, the attitude And the <laughs> 4 PM on a Friday before everybody goes home. If anybody has any questions, all oh, Mackenzie's raising his hand again, Oh, for God's sake. So I've always, I, you know, been that kind of person. Um, that was the subject of a couple of, um. You know, viral videos, I guess, regarding uh, some some things happening up here culturally that I that I didn't approve of, and one of them was the uh, a massacre by state, uh, well not by but certainly involving the state police, the RCMP, which is basically our FBI up here over in Nova Scotia, which netted me a a spot on the um, persons of interest list to the to the federal police here for seemingly because they don't like the things that I have to say, and I've been under you know surveillance and investigation for my ideology whatever that means uh since 2020 and 2021 and then in uh, 2022 shortly before the uh, trucker protests and stuff started happening in ottawa they started with the um, you know the arrests and uh, on and on after the the media smear campaign that's that's it's still ongoing and now um you know the the, the newest uh, fun fun play game we're going to play is let's let's try and pay your bills without a bank account um game that the the Canadian state seems to be wanting to play right now. So that's what I'm dealing with uh, lately. and uh, I'm sure I don't know what's next, at least on the on the upside. Um, after this, there's just assassination attempts, I think I have to look forward to. so that's uh, <laughs> as long as uh, as long as I can steer clear of those, it should be I don't know what else they can do besides take away my birthday. Well, well let me tell you what they can do.
2: Uh, I see <laughs> that there is a plethora of wood behind you chopped up. Mm. Um, this would lead me to believe, make an assumption, that you may have a wood stove and you like to heat your home uh, based on that wood stove by gathering that. In New York State, that's completely illegal now. Um, yeah, uh, you know they, yeah. they've this actually this is all a
4: green. This is all green screen. This is all this is all pretend. The only thing in here is lithium-ion batteries dug out of a cobalt mine. It's all satellite uh, or it's all uh, solar panels everywhere. Well, I think there's only 20 or 30 children involved in slave labor to put all that together. Don't worry, I would never burn carbon. I would never you know, have an oil tank or anything like that.
2: And, and that's really the inversion of reality, right? I mean, what you've got going on, I, and actually you can see the <laughs> stove in the wide shot, folks. Again, green screen.
4: Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> this is a 1860s uh, Civil
2: War coal furnace. This is just the last spare room we have, we have in, the, in the house. So, <laughs> but you, But you look at that, and that is the true nature of sustainability. Right. That that is what human beings have done now uh, for millennia since our inception. At least that we modernize. We've been able to take care of ourselves. We've created heat and energy through this. And they don't want that for us anymore. They want their term of sustainability, which is a regimentation of every single thing that happens in your life. They want to tell you where you can go, when you can go there what you can spend things on and how much you're able to spend and really give you a time frame to spend it on because they don't want you to accrue or accumulate any wealth. They don't want you to own a home. And you know, you look like a gentleman around my age, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, but I'm forty-three. And I'm, 30, it, I'm 36. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Geez. A little bit older. Geez, I'm I'm it's, the old man here.
4: Yeah, you age twice as fast in Canada. It's the weather and the and the communism. It just doubles you up fast. It's like being it's like working in a coal mine. You know, it just happens faster.
2: But my my grandparents were kind of from this generation where I remember my grandfather would pick up pennies. He would talk about saving up, you know, owning your mm. own home, and that gradually through the 80s into the 90s turned into this culture of debt where you needed yeah. everything right away. And no, don't worry, you'll have a mortgage. You never really own anything. No. And that seems to be the movement. You talk about getting in the into this in 2017. Well, obviously, this agenda escalated over the past several years and uh-huh. to the point where if you are finding a way around the system, if you're not beholden to Visa or MasterCard or on the state dole, they're now debanking you. So you legitimately can no longer accrue wealth and then, like you said, pay your bills in anything right. but cash, which they're looking to get rid of right now.
4: Yeah. And, you know, that's the, potentially that could be the reason because I've, I've accrued a, probably 200000 or more in, in dollars in legal fees um, that I'm not supposed to be able to pay because it's, you know, just me here, you know, in this wood pile. Um, fortunately, I've had a great, uh, excellent, very, you know, um, Loyal uh, community and audience, um, you know that that we've created up here over the last uh, few years that have bailed me out. You know they've paid over half my half my fees and helped me with that. So that's that's been a big help. So I don't know. Maybe this is this is the new plan. We'll just uh, debank somebody. But this uh, this has been going on for for quite a while. As you said, I remember reading about Agenda 2020 back in the. Back in you know, 15, 20 years ago. And that very much seems to be exactly what they're doing. They're just really pushing, you know, Canada's now leading the world in this uh 15-minute smart cities uh program, this initiative, which is really just the Chinese social credit system, which they've been doing since the fifties. They called it the work points back then. Um and they're, you know, paying all of these uh, towns and communities money to start adopting the framework and the initiatives that are going to be required to to do this is they want enhanced data governance and and data control and monitoring and surveillance. And why do you think they want to do things like that? They want everybody contained in these these 15 minute districts that they've uh, proposed, which is going to be horrendous for the people living there, but excellent for the for the corporate masters and private interests that are funding these initiatives, because that's that's what it's for. It's not for us. It's for
2: them. You know, I did a uh, video with Dan Dix of Press for Truth, another neighbor to the north. (laughs) Uh, Just yesterday, it'll actually, I think, be um, released uh, this afternoon or tomorrow on this 15 minute city agenda and how they're really not even hiding where they'd like to go with it large scale via things like Neom and the line. Uh, Are you aware of Neom and the line? No,
4: I haven't actually heard
2: of those ones uh, to be specific. So it's uh, not those ones. It is the one. (laughs) And this shows you that this is a global agenda. And. uh, for those that are uh, unfamiliar with the line, they, you know, they give it to you in this awesome virtual universe and everything is going to be not 15 minutes, but within five minutes.
4: And oh, this is the mega city in Saudi Arabia. That is building, exactly correct? what yes. this is. Yes, yes. I've seen this.
2: Yes, you know. yes. So this is an even larger consolidation. And don't worry, you're not going to need a car. Um, you're going to have <laughs> equitable views of everything. If you thought that you were in a big city before, no, these things are gonna be as tall as the Eiffel Tower and you'll be able to take your maglev trains up and down the entire thing in 20 minutes. And here's the deal. you know, I look at technologies like maglev trains and they could have been used to empower our westernized societies and even merge, I would say Canada and the United States much further. Had there been an infrastructure built 15, 20 years ago in this country, much the way Eisenhower built the highway system. But you see, right. that would be decentralization. That would allow somebody who lived outside of another state to work in that state and be able to commute there in 20 to 40 minutes. No, they only want that after they take away your car <laughs> and they don't want let you leave a 15 minute walking area. So you have several of these cities now sprouting up, Alberta being one of them. Uh, in Europe, they're talking about doing this in Oxford. And what people don't understand is this all works into not only a social credit score, as you alluded to, via a Chinese-style track trace database system, but they'd also like to get under the skin and into your tummy with a carbon-based system that is part of that, yeah. and a carbon score. And you're seeing that also yeah. in Canada right now. With these new carbon taxes, can you speak on that? Well,
4: that's been something they've been doing for a, a number of years now. The farmers up here are having a hell of a time because uh, the, the, they're, they're constantly increasing. And they've they initially pitched this, as they always do, with some kind of benevolent thing that you're going to love. You're going to need it. you're going It's going to be amazing. Lots of words like green, sustainable, renewable, eco-friendly. This kind of stuff, creating this, you know, with with the green and yellow colors and tones and the smiling, happy people in the ads. And and and, and that's how you sell it. You know, they've been torturing and and intensely trying to strangle uh, these these farmers, the middle class out of their ability to provide for themselves uh, for years. And it's just so if people even thought about this for just a minute, I mean, you mentioned this line city, whatever this is going to be um you know for example you've got these same people saying you need 100 million people to migrate to your country because it, climate change it's uninhabitable but also we're going to build this giant luxury mega city in the middle of the arabian desert uh much like las vegas like las vegas is in the middle of a desert. i'm sure you've been there um it's there shouldn't be a city here yet somehow we've made it happen let's uh, say it's uninhabitable that's why everybody has to move to the united states and canada it's, it's nonsense and it's uh particularly um, probably prescient for American viewers is what you guys down there um, to pay attention to what goes on up here because there's no other country in the world more similar to the United States than Canada. And as they do with advertising and markets, they test things up here first before they bring it down to the larger, you know, showtime in the United States, which is when you're you're really going to implement whatever it is you've been working on. So up here, they're working on carbon uh, taxing, uh, or a price on carbon. It's not a tax, it's a price on carbon. They love to play these games with us like we're idiots. You've got the gun confiscation and firearms registrations and gun bans, they've banned all of that. Now they're working on legislation for hate speech and internet censorship that's gonna take the voice out of every man, woman, and child in the country. Of course, there is only two genders and children as well. Uh, They're gonna take the voice right out of everyone from coast to coast, and and it's just gonna be state-approved media or nothing. And it's, you know, there, there's no opposition. There's there's no one in the state up here that's even opposing any of this. They're arguing over uh, surface level issues that don't really, no one really has any effect over and, and can't really, you know, do anything about and, and decisions that are being made far above their level. I mean, our, our own government, um, you know, cabinet ministers are, are sitting on the board at the World Economic Forum and these, you know, other gatherings across the world. So it's a, it's a facade, it's not even, uh, it's pretend. They go and get their orders from somewhere else and come back here and implement it. And, they're they're working really hard and there's very little very little opposition uh, at least you know, officially in this country from from anyone in the state and it's basically just you know the state is dictating to to us to the citizens how it's going to be they're not asking anybody nobody did any votes on any of this stuff none of the covid measures the lockdowns none of none of these things they just they just tell you what's going to happen you're going to deal with it and you're going to you're going to love it you're going to have nothing and be happy or else you're a hate speech terrorist and we're going to put you in jail and deny you bail and take away your bank account. I don't know how, I mean, I don't recognize this country at all. I, I did nearly 15 years in the military and compared to the, you know, when I grew up and certainly, you know, America's changed as well. The world has, but it's, you know, I, 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 I don't recognize it at all. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's
2: sad. Well, it certainly is frightening at the rapid pace that this is taking place. And as you kind of alluded to, the fact there is no redress, they aren't asking the people, Um, The politicians seem to totally be in the pocket of this agenda, one that is being verbalized, in my opinion, vocalized by the World Economic Forum. But really, there are others behind the scenes pushing this. They're more of a mouthpiece, right? Right. So, So how do we infiltrate this system and make any kind of real change? For instance, in this country, when these authoritarian dictates are, in fact, challenged, and then they are overturned via our court systems, some of the, the most egregious ones. You look at the New York State Supreme Courts, uh, me being a New Yorker, despite the fact moving, when they first ruled, hey, uh, it's unconstitutional, mask all these kids, you didn't have any rights to do any of this stuff. They've just got a form letter, ready to go out to every single parent in every single district saying, we're appealing this, and you're gonna mask your friggin' kid up. And then just two weeks ago, Um, You had the state Supreme Court again say, hey, these mandates on health care workers, totally and completely unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kathy Hochul, the uh, installed governor, all right, now won an election, supposedly, uh, gets on television, just again, a week ago, gets asked whether or not they're going to rehire these health workers. And she's flat out says no twice. And basically um, throws out the uh, we can't get people sick excuse, Um, you (laughs) know, basically alluding to like transmission is stopped. I don't want to say anything else because we're on YouTube, God forbid. But we're at we're at this point that even if we go through the process and even if we get the ruling we want appeal, no, F you. And, (laughs) And I feel like a lot of that was kind of represented with you guys and this this trucker convoy. Where you were able to get a massive move people out in the streets on the side, people coming to your aid. And finally when push comes to shove, we're just, they're just like, we don't care. We're just gonna yeah. start arresting you, we're just gonna start shutting things off, we're just gonna start labeling you, you a terrorist, and you're gonna you're gonna bend a heel. Do you think that's accurate? And how do we get beyond that?
4: Yeah. It certainly feels accurate. I mean, they say a lot of nice things, but they what do they do in practice? And again, up here the supposed opposition government, you know, that we have has uh, been totally arm in arm with the the status quo, the sta- everything they've done over the past couple of years. And now they're going to swoop in and pretend that now that they seem, it seems like it's, you know, a, there's political points there to cater to these people um, who they probably assumed before, you know, pre-convoy that they're, you know, as the prime minister said, it's a fringe minority of unacceptable people that are taking up space and what should be done with them. Maybe we need to put them in camps or, you know, these things are saying, um, you know, they, they were all about it the whole time and and now they're just pretending. So, there's very little regard, you know, given to that. They don't care. You can have the biggest, you know, we've had several biggest petitions in, in national history, completely ignored. The biggest protest and civil civil action in, in national history, completely ignored. I mean, there was probably between fifty and 100,000 people there in Ottawa at, at the peak, you know, when I was there. And the size of the country, it's, you know, five, six time zones. And uh, for everybody that was there, there was probably 10 that wanted to be there that couldn't be there. Clearly, this is a massive uh, section of the population and there's, they don't care. They, they will, will just attack them, um, out there standing there peacefully demonstrating as they were. So the government declared martial law to, uh, trample them with horses and beat them with guns and shoot them with tear gas, uh, grenades and rubber bullets at point blank range and hit them with batons and all veterans. Even some guys with their medals on, dragged them into the streets and put the boots to their faces and broke their medals off, right off their bodies and everything. Disabled guys that were blown up in you know, in the war, you know, that I, that I know. Um, and that was the response. And they didn't even say sorry. They, nothing, you know, for especially a government that loves to apologize so much. I don't even think that it's um, I, I don't think it's I mean, at least in our situation. I don't, I'm not super familiar with uh, how it's going in the states. You guys have kind of a different um, arrangement with, you know, states rights and so on. You can go from one state to another and things can be very, very different up here, it's, which they are, which yeah, they we, are. We we, we don't even have a Florida, you know, like you guys, you know, you know, Florida is overrated, go. bro. That's the thing. You
2: can't. <laughs> I, I, and that's the other thing. You know, that's why I always like talking. Oklahoma, Idaho. You know, I, I mean, seriously, that's that. Those are the real deal. Like and that's the thing, you know, even when I'm inside the United States, when this is happening, I kind of had to see for myself because the states they were kind of promoting at, at the time that had the most freedom and they were ridiculing were things like Wisconsin and South Dakota. And really just Midwest had a different vibe. Certain states in the in the South had a different vibe. Uh, Florida's huge. So yeah. what would annoy me about Florida is you would be somewhere where it wasn't as big and it what, you know, no problem. But then you get into an urban area and you want to get some Panda Express and everybody's got a goddamn <laughs> mask on and they're acting like, you know, it's World War Three so you know it, it, coming it, soon by the way <laughs> well don't get me going we were going over yeah. the the new ray gun that's being employed over in uh oh. ukraine uh to Can't take wait. out yeah soldiers uh stealth style Let, let's not get too far away from this though because you, you know you're you're actually aside from the debanking which i want to get to and how you wake up mm-hmm. and you find out that i believe it's scotia a bank new scotia it's all of them
4: That that was the one that i had yeah but it's i've since contacted like 15 or 16 other credit unions. They're, they're all like, nope, I'm either denied instantly or within 24 hours of the has been
2: terminated. Just fantastic. I'm just so glad we're here as a country <laughs> yeah. or a world where, you know, again, yeah. you can't get a bank account. Just awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were in court yesterday. There are other charges uh, against you via, via weapons, which they don't want the populace mm-hmm. to have. They do not want, first of all, they don't want a uh, well-informed populace. They certainly don't want a well-armed populace and they don't want a well-informed, well-armed populace that realizes that their country has been taken by tyrants and there mm-hmm. may be no other actual reproach built into the system to stop them. So right. so talk about you know, what's going on with you in these court battles and what happened just yesterday.
4: Uh, I can't get into it uh, too much, but as I said, I've been, you know, there's there's quite a lot of evidence to suggest I've been, because I have been targeted by the federally by the police and by, um, you know, other elements of the state, is you know, going back a, a couple of years now. So yeah, yesterday was just to set a trial date for one of the, you know, several cases I have coming up uh, later later this year and um, and, in, and into next year. You know, I'm confident that, uh, and my lawyer is as well, that we'll, you know, defeat all of them. They're all. Um, get, Weak and, and silly. And uh, it's one of those things where if I if I wasn't who I was, if I was just some guy on the street and they, you know, these complaints and things were made and said about me, they, they wouldn't bother. They wouldn't care. I mean, they've got a revolving door of violent criminals up here that you wouldn't believe there's people stabbing each other to death on the subway every day. And it's like, oh, that guy. He, there was a, a guy went on a stabbing rampage in Saskatchewan a, a couple a little while ago. Uh, you know, just before, just before I was hauled out there to jail with, you know, on a national wide warrant for, for common assault, which is the same as if I'd spit on your shoe or poked you in the chest or like, this is what they send a national, you know, coast to coast warrant for sent the police on a private plane to come and get me on the other side of the country, dragged me out there on the taxpayer's dime, denied me bail and kept me in jail for two and a half months. Um, you know, um, I forget where I was, uh, forget where I was going with that, but, uh, No, is, that's this, this, good this, this, to know because people need to oh, understand right, the, this. The, yeah. So, so that's, so that's, so that's, we're, we're dealing with all of that. That's going to be ongoing for a little while. And, and the point is, you know, it's lawfare that the punishment is the process. You don't even have to get convicted, but you're going to go through years of this. You're going to spend time and money and your reputation is destroyed. And, you know, the truth, uh, is still putting on its pants as the, the lie makes its way around the world, you know, before, before dinner time.
2: And, uh, that's uh, that's the state of things uh, up here right now. Well, let, let's talk of s- some of these restrictive gr- gun laws, because especially right. in uh, New York state, th- there is a relationship there. Um, New York state isn't like the rest of the country. It is extremely difficult to get a handgun permit Like Canada. Yeah, yeah very much so. Uh, you know, I actually- guess violent crime is. Uh, (laughs) nearing an all-time high or or setting it's over the top i mean it's over the top there it's over the top in chicago you've got the mayor of chicago lori lightfoot dancing i did two shows on it yesterday i I just
4: spoke about her yesterday as well i I did my own i like to call her Beetlejuice because i think she's cute i think she looks good and um, (laughs) her policy of i particularly like her very strong leadership stance on you know the the exploding crime rate in the city chicago one of america's oldest and most famous well-known cities hey if you're getting robbed just don't you know it's like you're, you're getting bullied if you go to school you keep getting beat up but just don't go that way anymore Why don't you tell everybody just don't use money don't don't just don't have money on you and you won't get robbed it's just as simple as that blame the victim don't don't you know tackle the problem which is crime that you've facilitated with your insane policy blame the victims for being robbed and suggest they
2: change their behavior that's um i mean it's bad
4: you well, know? well that, we're that, in that wild we times kind
2: of because you've got all right just like New York state is beholden to New York city. And that's where they use this yeah. excuse to not allow you to have a handgun. You actually have to demonstrate why you need a handgun to protect yourself. That's I live in New York city Well, like, in <laughs> in, in, nice. in New York state. You have to, you have to demonstrate, yeah. like you have a stalker or there's yeah. some extra reason that you need this handgun.
4: Well, I, I saw, I saw a story the other day. A guy was just cutting people up with a samurai sword in the street in New York. I mean, that's New York. That should be the reason. Why do you need a gun? I live in New York. Well, very good. Here, take mine. You're not armed. Are you insane, sir?
2: You would think <laughs> It's that's nighttime how it goes. in New York.
4: What, do you want to die? You have a death wish? You can well, stay in Il- my place tonight until the sun goes comes up and you're safe.
2: Illinois has now taken that model, right? So Chicago and all these restrictive gun laws and now Illinois is saying, hey, you can't have these guns. I, I live on the border of Illinois and the Quad City, so I'm in Iowa. Um, There are many sheriffs that have come to the forefront and said, we will not we will not adhere to these unconstitutional gun laws that they are bringing in. And that is another thing that is unique in the United States and especially was seen during this COVID-1984 nightmare that uh, the sheriff is an elected official, is actually the law and can decide whether or not they are actually Going to enforce what many people believe are unconstitutional dictates with no basis in the law. So, so that's why you know there is a small barrier locally in this country if you know your sheriff and you can hold them accountable. Is there anything like that in the Canadian system right now?
4: No, <laughs> uh, we do have a premier in 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 Alberta who is um, initiating some some things that seem like they could be promising. The Alberta Sovereignty Act, and which is you know basically going to from what I understand, enable the province to do similar things where they can, you know, say, we don't, we weren't involved in this legislative uh, decision-making process on, for instance, the gun ban. That's, this is what, you know, one of the reasons they're saying. So we're not going to do that. You know, you, you don't just get to unilaterally tell us this, this is what's going to happen without any input from us whatsoever and expect us to play ball. We're not doing that. Um, so you can just go to hell uh, with that. Um, so that that's but that's pretty much all we have i mean there's, there's very little you know resistance around around the country you know in this regard we have a very weak gun lobby a very weak culture of of anybody that even wants to you you'd be hard-pressed i'd say dare say it's impossible to find anyone in in public that you know besides myself or you know people like me that will even speak about the reasons why the ownership why private citizens owning uh the means to defend themselves is is important not important critical it's like having a heartbeat uh, to a free society in these in this in this day and age, you can't just have. And going back at any time, you know, the king used to confiscate all the swords in the village, you know, back in the day, because he was going to have the monopoly on violence and he was going to decide what was going to happen and what wasn't. And you have to wonder, you know, for supposedly, you know, they say we're all in this together, and uh, you know, we're, we're all. Well, why do you need all the guns then? Because your, your plan isn't to ban guns. The plan is to not have no guns. That they'll all be illegal police won't have them. They just want to have all of them for themselves. And, you know, there's another famous, interesting line that says they, they want the guns because uh, they're afraid that what they're going to do next, you may shoot them for. So you have to wonder about someone who wants to take all of the all of the weapons and keep them all under them you know, in, in this environment. And these people who are incredibly corrupt, you've got they're in bed with these lobbyists, all over the, these these corporate interests right now I mean the pharmaceutical industry is the most latest offender, but you've had the war industrial complex there's a revolving door of big money corporate interests and government in, in in the western world it has been for decades that has led to just levels of corruption that are comical it's like a dark comedy I mean all you can do is laugh sometimes it's it's out it's so out of control and um, you know how long can you do this until the wheels fall off and people just say you know enough's enough like what's what's going to happen next so we've got they're, they're trying to collectivize food. You see all these, uh, these uh, food plants burning down and blowing up all over the place. Governments, uh, you know, impressing upon farmers with taxes and you know regulations and changing environmental laws all over the place. They're, they're bringing that under one umbrella. They're trying to collectivize food. They're trying to censor speech and control information and the thought processes and the, and the, the, the information people see and hear on a daily basis. And they want to also disarm people at the same time. Like I've seen this book before. You don't need to be, you don't need a, you know, a PhD thesis in, in, uh, you know, authoritarian governments and the history of communism. You don't have to read the Solzhenitsyn's Gulag archipelago to understand what's happening. This is just, uh, the modern day, you know, neo-communism essentially is what it is. it has been brought, It's the same model that the Chinese implemented in the fifties and the Soviets did and the North Koreans did and the Cubans did and, and, and every, you know, all of these places that uh, it's been adapted and retooled for the modern age to you know fit fit into you know the new paradigm with you know social media technology and everything but it, at its core it's you know it's like Scooby-Doo you pull the mask off and it's Mao Zedong oh are you again I've seen this before
2: well I, I think I I always refer to this as collectivism based in authoritarianism right mm-hmm. it, it's the ends justify the means that everything must be done for the state and the greater good and your individuality no longer matters. And that's why, you know, there is this mantra that the constitution, the bill of rights was made by bigots and white racists and the Patriot Patriarch, because it's that perfectly imperfect document that a a group of, of men, however, imperfect got together and said, shit's fucked up. Uh, we might not be able to fix everything right now, but let's have a baseline for human beings and then a system, whereas we can change this, right? We can amend the constitution. So maybe down the line, we can get rid of things like slavery, et cetera, and we can modernize, but let's not make it too easy. Let's not have an inherent democracy. Let's have checks and balances. And that's then also state and federal rights to ensure that we don't have this group think this collectivism where a state can get out of control and all of a sudden this authoritarianism is creating a massive surf class and this is the battle against creating that global surf class on behalf of a predator class in my opinion we've got about five minutes before we go over Uh, To the premium side of the broadcast, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason or slash Uncensored. Uh, Only $10 a month or $100 for the year, guys. Where can people right now, because you have been debanked before we go over to that side, um, (laughs) support you or learn more about this or at least follow you? So if there is no way to support you right now, maybe down the line they can find a way.
4: Yeah. Uh, the, the website's down actually today for maintenance. It'll be back up tomorrow. But all, all of my social media uh, links and everything are there on ragingdissident.com. Uh, it's uh, my website. I'm on uh, Instagram, Telegram, uh, all of that stuff. Is uh, Telegram's probably my favorite. Uh, I think that's probably the leading, you know, that's what everybody likes to use these days. That's where all the guys are. T.me slash ragingdissident, uh, II, the letters like two. And, uh, and uh, you know that that's that's where I'll be. That's where I'm at until you know my last uh, my last post before I'm disappeared to the gulag for wrong thing.
2: So you Again. know, since we got a few more minutes, let's talk about that because you know you just alluded to the fact that you're using Telegram as social media. Certainly not the most popular, at least by namesake and no. user base. Um, yeah. It is something that I uh, you know have recently utilized, and friends have talked about for years. I don't see this current situation with Twitter, gay and Facebook as so much the government telling the social media companies what to do and then them doing. I see of it more of a Trojan horse civilian system in that from the very beginning, you had intelligence agencies and assets embedded in these companies to set a narrative. And as oh. they were able to gain more and more authority, as we talked about and censor more and more, they were able to set up kind of this plausible plausible deniability circle where hey we did this because of this and hey we this isn't the government yeah. censoring you. This is a privatized company that you can, you know, yeah. buy on the stock market, well. et cetera.
4: Yeah, that turned out to not be true, didn't it? With the FBI, apparently the FBI is Twitter. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. You know, the FBI and Twitter. Apparently, what's the difference? Facebook is another interesting one. If you've ever uh, heard of LifeLog, was a DARPA project. You know, a government military project. It was basically, if you look it up, LifeLog. The day that the project was terminated, I think Facebook was launched just days after, or even the same day. And it basically describes the exact same thing. So. Who knows? That's not proof of anything, I, as if they expect people that they're going to have it like, oh, yeah, there it is. Look, here's the there's a document signed by the you know president that says make Facebook so we can spy on people. That's never going to exist. You know <laughs> what you don't know can kill you. And, and uh, you know, the best you can do is, you know, read the tea leaves and get a sense of the environment and, and make a judgment call based on your instinct and and the and the, you know, the facts of reality as they are around you and people don't want to do that anymore because they, they can't seem to make their own decisions or think for themselves. Apparently 70 some percent of people walking around have no internal dialogue. They literally don't think at all. They just wait for the television to prompt them as to how things are, how they're going to react to stuff. I mean, they call them NPCs and zombies. They they are, they'd sit there and they, they wait for their software, their firmware update, whatever the current thing is. We're Slava Ukraine today or whatever it is going to be tomorrow. It's, I, I think we've done, I think we've got justice for Floyd now. I think that's I don't know maybe we're not done maybe we need more whatever it is they just come back to the box the box tells them you know what their opinions are on everything how to react to everything and and then they turn around and, and go back to doing what they're doing and uh and we have this environment of like not, like straight out of 1984 i read this as a, as a teenager and it stuck with me uh, it just seemed like a very important book you know and clearly it was because that's how we live now with with the double think. people can think two simultaneously opposing things that don't make any sense uh, and, and insist that it's true. You mentioned it like, well, it's for the good of the whole, the collectivization, but also individuals are important. Well, you can't have both. We used to value the, that's what, you know, made these places, uh, what they are is that your individual, your individuality as a sovereign being was, was held and, and cherished and, you know, valued, but also that can also be washed away into hell with you and your rights and freedoms because for the good of the whole, uh, if it saves just one life, so we have to mass, you know, do all of this. Uh, but also you're a special snowflake and you're courageous and strong. Like, none of this, there's, there's no consistency anywhere. There's hypocrisy everywhere. Two plus two is five. Up is down. Black is white. You know, it's
2: craziness. Well, we're about to be alone together and safe and effective on the other side, guys. <laughs> so that is the that is the cue to the producer as we leave Rockfin. and look out for the Union of the Unwanted. Also going to be on Rumble. Um, Rumble, thank you so much. Twitter, we'll see you on the flip. And uh-huh. YouTube, yeah, well, you know, yeah, I hate all the censorship and the fact you demonetized me three years ago and you've taken my channel five right. times, but hey, we're rolling with it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> all right. Uh, I usually, before we really get into it, I give my uh, my producer a minute to text me, make sure that we are over on premium. But um, while we wait, you mentioned DARPA and yeah. the Defense Department and the fact that, you know, you had this life log program you could look at other social media programs and other tech outlets with, say, Incutel. That is the CIA's investment firm uh, that was heavily involved in Google. if you don't know about Incutel. um wow. you also have players such as Peter Thiel, who uh, seem to be at the yep. forefront of these social media companies as they're coming up, heavily embedded in the military-industrial complex and the uh, databasing and surveillance industry via Palantir. He was even Trump's uh, security Mm -hmm. advisor, started PayPal along with the Muskernuts. Uh, You know, a lot of people out there have said, Elon Musk, the savior, he's given us free speech. We still don't have a data dump. He's still employing all of these spooks. We still don't know what's being shadow banned. He's openly discussed what is it? freedom of speech is not freedom of reach okay and he's the number one defense department contractor in the world where starlink yeah. is being utilized in ukraine where it has its heaviest presence and is hooking into the ghost and sidewinder drones amongst other Ugh. things so you know I, I feel like you've got klaus Nutschwab on one side he's the evil bond villain very spry for 84. You know? yeah he is Extremely spry up there, pretty well spoken, running away from independent journalists all the way in Switzerland. Yeah,
4: it's all those children he's eating. It keeps them young.
2: <laughs> and then you have this like pseudo Tony Stark like figure that's the head of all these companies magically. You know, it used yeah. to be they give you a Steve Jobs, it's like one thing, not not the muskernuts. He's got it all. Neuralink, yeah. Tesla, the Boring Company. Uh, uh, space X.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, well,
2: now that's Twitter. a lot. He's
4: a, he's a very ambitious guy. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of this, you know, they're, they're front guys, you know, I don't know Elon's specific situation, or, or, but I, I, I don't like the savior idea. Everyone like, everyone wants that to be. And, and that's why we're here. Every, everyone wants to have just a guy. Just tell me who to vote for, what link to click, who to support, who to send money to, whatever it is. So someone else can, can fix all of the stuff. And, um, which is crazy. It's impossible. It has to be. You know, a, you're, we're battling a, a very organized. You know, well, you know, it's a team. It's a team effort, and everyone's trying to. Uh, you know, speaking of collectivization, every everybody just wants to do that. They just want to hope that Batman's going to come save them, or, or Superman, whoever it is. It's going to be, you know, Trump on a flying carpet with a nuclear warhead fly in and fix everything. <laughs> like that's not going to happen. Um, at a local level, you know your your town councilors and your mayors and your school board, uh, you know presidents and your like your sh- your sheriffs, like these kinds of things. These are within reach of you in your community that you can retake and you know have people in actually represent your interests. And then you can start to you know kind of buttress your defenses against you know the power which is emanating again from the cities. If you're not in the city, or you know um, it, it's going to you know try and impress itself upon you. So you can you try to do things that way to, to at least slow them down.
2: Well, I agree. I think that you have to try to hit them on a local level, whether that's you uh, involved in your city council or your school board or holding your local politicians accountable, like I was talking about with uh, uh, my sheriff in my community. These are things of boots on the ground to be involved. I always tell people there is no savior on an even um, more miniaturized level. You need to look in the mirror every day and decide that you're going to be your own hero, and you're going to have to navigate these things. uh, Because like you said, They're giving you saviors. No one's coming to save you. And, and, you know, kind of reiterate that with Musk. He was Times Man of the Year in 2021. He's all on the eco sustainability agenda. There's your pod right there, $15,000. You have your Tesla pod. And then Tesla, somehow the only car company that's made it, with electric cars, totally government subsidized. Right. Uh, are you aware what else they did? How uh, Musk was able to increase his wealth by over uh, 600% during the COVID-1984 nightmare, uh, actually beating out other billionaires like Bezos, Gates, Buffett, Page, and Bryn? Well, it's easy. You just print up the hate and lie shots. You partner up with CureVac and you use Tesla to print the mRNA. Like, oh, while he's God. sitting there talking about, oh, you got all these mandates and, oh, it should be a choice. He's pulling billions of dollars, printing this stuff up that then gets injected into your body. And no one talks about that. They talk about freedom yeah. of speech and he's ruining Twitter. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the musquerade, man. And we're part of it every single day. And we're fed these media narratives. You get it in your country. Is there a way? to penetrate the mainstream in a manner that we haven't done before. Obviously it was a big moment with the trucker convoy and globally being unable to ignore that, it infiltrating mm-hmm. uh, social media streams. And then just the absurdity of the way the mainstream media tried to portray you people. Like people yeah. saw past that very quickly. I mean, the super brainwash didn't, that's like somewhere in the 15 to 30% range, unfortunately. But, yeah. but can we infiltrate it? Can we have that effect?
4: I don't know. I don't even know if that's what needs to be done. I mean, people want to, you know, you know, just they they say it with politics too, and or the, or, or the media. Like, well, I'll get in there and I'll change it from the inside. That never happens. They just get absorbed into the system and then they become part of it. Um, I think what what will work over time and has been working is what always has worked: hard work, slow grind, every day putting in hours and just yeah, it sucks. It's not going to happen overnight, and that's how it has to be with people. You've got guys like Andrew Torba. You know, they're you know, saying like, well, just go make your own Facebook. So he did um, people creating these alternative media platforms. You know, like like this, what you're doing here yourself didn't used to exist. Now it does. And it has a reach. And, it, you know, if it continues to grow and continues to expand, eventually it becomes a competitor. And people instinctively, they know that the, the state's not telling them all the, tr- the full story, the truth, especially, you know, when things are like to happen in Ottawa. They're on TV saying they're all neo-Nazis and terrorists and this kind of stuff. When people can just go outside for themselves and see, like, well, this isn't accurate or everyone knew someone there or was seeing live feeds and streams, which is why they have to censor the Internet and get control of this uh, information pipeline because it's not, it's not working for them uh, the way they'd like to um it just keep at that and eventually i mean you've got um someone like paul joseph watson for example i, I like this analogy a lot because i think it's hilarious to me that he's just a guy some british guy in his house you know in, in in the loft of his house with a map and a webcam and he's competing with cnn like this guy's getting numbers like cnn numbers and how much effort how much effort and time does see he, he's, he's one guy versus an yeah entire no studio. I, i've known paul since about
2: 2007. Because you know, okay. I, I used to work. All you know, I, I was the first I've guy Alex Jones to. ever gave a, a show to back in the day. He produced several of my films. Um, so yeah, no, I have seen Paul progress, and really, I mean, the thing is though, Paul was also at the forefront of alternative media even before he was with Alex Jones. A lot of people don't yeah. know this. Uh, he's got he's got Summit News now, but he had the Propaganda Matrix before even Prison Planet existed. Mm. And he was the driving force. Uh, Later, his brother Steve got involved in that. And it it does show you that you can certainly have an effect because you look at that, and like you said, uh, today, Paul Joseph Watson pulls the type of numbers that you see over at CNN or these uh, mainstream media outlets. We saw a lot more people pulling these numbers before there was outright censorship on YouTube. And we saw that creeping censorship with these authoritative voices, even prior to COVID-1984, during the Trump era, right, where they were demonetizing things more and more, where they were restricting them. It's pretty clear to me, there is not an open, free, and fair market, that you do have to navigate these things. And even if you create your own thing, you can not only be deplatformed, you're just taken off the store. Right. We saw that with Parler that, you know, this this absurd thing that you can build your own thing like Gab and then you can't actually use it on any any device. And it's the same thing right now where, you know, they're saying, oh, you can do this, do this, do this. Everything is aggregated to the fact where you're limited in your speech, even if you can utilize those platforms. Right. Even if you create your own thing, it's still aggregated down. I do live time searches sometimes with what should be some of those most benign searches for Google and then DuckDuckGo. And it's absurd how different the results are. We're living, in my opinion, in a post-truth world and we can continue to create. But just like right now on Twitter, you know, we're acting like it's a bastion for free speech. Hey, when I click on a bit shoot link, I still get a fucking warning. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm still getting warnings about, again, these benign platforms that are no longer really allowed to exist without a warning. I saw uh, we, we covered it yesterday. YouTube TV, which is supposed to, supposed to be, you know, basically cable, right? Without cable, streaming live TV, yeah. warning people whether or not they should watch Jesse Waters Jesse water is about as milk toast as it comes on Fox news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, careful. You're going to watch Ben Shapiro. You know, you know, this is hardcore guys. Be careful. So, so this whole build your own thing, or even, you know, I'm a, I'm big on navigating it and trying to navigate okay. it in the most successful manner. Cause I don't think that we can necessarily overcome it. I don't think we're in a free market. I think in the no. same way that they wage lawfare against an individual like you they wage on any other tech company that they can't just outwardly buy out.
4: Well, it's it's a it's competition too. Like they're not going to play fair, um, and it's not going to be something you do overnight. I mean, you could work on this for 20 years and and never get it done. But you know you could get somewhere. It's like pushing a pushing a boulder across a field. It's like if you moved at six inches your whole life, that's that's what you did. But it's six inches. It's more than nothing. That's what she said. Uh, but you can, uh, you know, everybody chips in. It's it's almost like sports. It's a team sport. You know, not everybody has to be Michael Jordan. Um, some people can, you know, come in and and be somebody like Paul Watson and and do and uh, have a have an impact. You know, his his website is great. Summit News is uh, is excellent. I use it all the time. Um, so th- they're producing these things for and then other people. You know, we can piggyback and share uh, with each other. And uh, and have an impact. Then you've got other people who just just, they, just by of sharing this information, sharing with other people and trying to share it with their friends and their family and you know, have whatever influence they can. Again, as as kind of the team sport of uh, you know the, this this battle for the soul of Western civilization, which is 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 basically what it is. Um, if everybody contributes as much as they can, eventually, you know, it, it, it's going to have an effect. It's going to have a cumulative effect of, you know, death by a thousand cuts sort of thing. When when they're pouring in billions of dollars into something like CNN, which is just drowning and, and you know, going nowhere. People are playing it at airports and at senior citizens' homes versus, you know, Paul Watson, who's who's making money. Um, probably, I, I would hope, considering the amount of work and time he's put into doing that. Um, so, you know, when you, when you add – as long as – if this continues over time, eventually – um you know the trend is clear people are when they leave the reservation they don't go back no one no one sees you know the the writing on the wall or i like to use like a wallpaper analogy you can see it's like there's a chip in it kind of start you want to pick at it and you can see there's something under here and then once you start once you start you can't stop until you have it all removed and you see the you know big picture and then you don't put the wallpaper back up after that you just once you know you know there's no going back so no one's no one's going back into the matrix you know to use a metaphor they're all you know coming out as they are because they're being affected by it, especially with these shots and things. Now you've got all these, you know, people having personal injuries. Um, 9 11 was probably, you know, that whole situation <laughs> We'll say, uh, was the, was, was the, the last great, uh, you know, um, watershed event that, that changed the world dramatically. Um, but, th- but that one, uh, didn't have as much widespread, you know, conspiracy theory reach as this one, because it really, who did it really affect? It affected people at airports. Um, and people in the military and and stuff like that and their families, which isn't a huge, you know, uh, there's not a lot of existential, um, you know, crisis in the minds of people wondering what what the hell is even going on because most people aren't really defe- directly affected by it unless you're in new york or knew somebody that you know it didn't really touch you personally but this one does this one's going out to every community every family everybody's been impacted by this you know government overreach this you know this man the mandates and the laws and the lockdowns and, the, and all this has come out and touched everybody somewhere and in you know the yuri bezmanov interview i, I like the guy from the 80s you know he says not not until the boot comes and crashes his balls will he know. not until something happens to them do they oh suddenly i feel like there might be danger something's wrong something's happening um but that's gonna have that's been happening on on a, on a massive scale to hundreds of millions of people so i don't know how you it, it's like a ru- it's like a race to the end of the finish line they, they've got a certain amount of time to get this installed lock down this uh you know control grid uh you know at the You know racing against the clock of how fast people are figuring out what's going on and when there's going to be an angry mob looking for dr frankenstein for answers for why their you know their brother has spasms all the time now or why their you know sister has died of a a sudden coincidence and you know all these kinds of things um it's it's a coin toss you know i don't know how this is going to go this is going to go and now we're going to push world war three on top of it with a sick unhealthy population you can even draft anybody everybody's obese so you know like we're screwed. Everybody hates each other. There's no national cohesion. We're sleepwalking into a massive war with, you know, you know, world powers, financially destitute, broke, dead, up to our eyeballs. Military's born the hell out of 20 years of fighting nonsense wars everywhere. We're in probably the worst position possible to fight a, a war against these people now, which makes you wonder, you know, who exactly are the ones, you know, shoved behind you, like, come on, let's go, come on, do the war, do it, do it, do it. Like, well, this is the worst possible time to fight, you know, the 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 russians and the chinese and the iranians and the north koreans because that's what it would be this wouldn't be a localized go to ukraine i don't know if people don't understand this i think it's going to be like iraq there's going to be some presence patrols and we're going to do no dude this is going to be half of the south pacific will be on fire the entire u.s navy is going to be involved all of probably europe would just be a bloodbath war zone destroyed. and that's assuming nuclear weapons don't even get involved which they very well
2: could be and by the way Uh, my my biggest fear um, aside from, you know, the things that you just discussed is if you do have some kind of an escalation and a nuclear weapon is used anywhere for any reason by Mm -hmm. anybody. And there's any kind of denial because whether it's a false flag or not, whether it's Russia or us, it changes the world forever, forever. And if you think that again, the authoritarianism that you uh, witnessed and adhered to during COVID-1984 was something, I promise you, a post-nuclear world where there is the constant fear that it could go off in a westernized city. In other words, something happens in Europe. Something even happens in South America. doesn't matter. You know, any way they frame it, that changes the world forever. And uh, we've crept so close. I believe that we're on the brink. That's certainly one of the things uh, that I'm keeping my eyes on. You know, you talk about the Defense Department and them being involved in this. They have no reason to tell us the truth. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you look at this whole thing, you know, all those Bernaysian talking points. Well, they're behind a DARPA program. You know, DARPA partnered with Moderna all the way back in 2013 in the Adept Protect program for mRNA. It's right here. And within two and a half years, they developed a cancer drug that had a 12-sequence DNA nucleotide identical to the virus (laughs) identical to the virus i I mean you look at that and you're like that can't be real oh it's i know oh it's real and and it's like the simpsons it's like over the top in your face level of like this
4: can't be this is so egregiously out in the open it's like the level of like robbing a bank with a fake mustache on like are you kidding me right now is this like oh i'm not me i've got my fake glasses and mustache on are you kidding are you kidding i'm concerned of well, there's the dirty bomb scenario they've talked about a lot. Like, you know, there was, they could have blamed this on Al Qaeda. It could be, you know. Al Qaeda and specific. white
2: supremacy together, brother. The yeah, domestic it's, terrorists, it's, it's, the I,
4: union. Iranian terrorists with Russian funding and whatever they're going to do. Like, is it beyond possible? Would they blow up a city? To, to Of course they would. I mean, look at the history of, of these people and, and the things they've already done. Erasing a city is nothing. It doesn't mean anything to them. They don't care. Well, but I would keep an eye on uh, the stock markets and things like that. Who's? When you start seeing massive, uh, you know, buy orders on, you know, radiation companies and supplies and people doing uh, treatment for, you know, th- things that might be useful in the aftermath of a of a serious uh, devastating. You mean like, like that. put
2: options on uh, airplanes on 9/11? On American yeah, oh, yeah, you know,
4: kind of like like last time. If I if that starts to happen, then you know that something's about to go down. You know when when billions of dollars in put options are being put on you know airline or like everybody's just fleeing for some reason all of the billionaires are pulling everything out of the city of philadelphia for some reason it's probably (laughs) not a place you're going to want to be much longer something like that just just you know as a hint you
2: know so so wrapping it up in in the last 10 minutes what do you have coming up what can people do to get involved right now um you know how can they take steps within their own life to organize and fight these modes and systems of control in your country and beyond
4: right i I've, I've been saying the same thing for a couple of years i i noticed again during the pandemic we had some you know some get togethers that you weren't supposed to have because there's gathering limits and that kind of stuff but people getting out of their homes and you know uh meeting each other through the through the community and the podcast audience and stuff that uh it it was like life changing for some you know, my, myself included, and others just to, just to know how many people are out there that support you and and understand and, and you know feel the things that you do and thinks the things that you do, that you're not alone and that you can you know find if you know people have been banished, their own families have basically exiled them from their from their families, you know, they stopped inviting them over for Thanksgiving dinner because the government told them to. Our own media people up here is don't do it, tell them to stay home. You're not in the family anymore because you didn't get the you didn't get the medical experimentation craziness so i said get a new family you know get new friends because you need that you need that peer community uh, to survive and and there's no reason you can't and i think everybody deserves that no matter who you are you deserve to have you know you, access to your own peer group of people that think and feel like you do it's a human it's a it's a human need for happiness and for you know to feel fulfilled and and content with your life <laughs> be exiled in the woods and think everyone hates you and you're all the way that's abuse it's gaslighting and, and it's not true there are tons of people that that feel this way so one way to mitigate that and, and prepare and insulate yourself from the future is to organize with uh you know like-minded people locally wherever you are you don't have to live in florida or, or idaho i mean you could be in god help you los angeles or new york If you uh there's probably people there somewhere find them find them and figure out you know together how um you can best you know collaborate um, to deal with what's coming because you just, we just unfortunately don't live in a time where going forward as an individual and just, I'll take everything on by myself. You're not going to make it very far. That's just, you know, that's just not going to be realistic. Um, so I, I've encouraged people to do that get involved at the local level, your community level, like you said, your sheriffs, your school boards, your, you know, and, and maybe make something, make them of that. And if that's not an option, go, then go find a, another place that, uh, you know, if you have the ability to move around and find somewhere more more uh, accommodating, then, then do that. Um, that's uh because we're not going to change the world we're not going to change uh you know the 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 level of these things are happening you know with youtube videos and stuff isn't isn't going to really you know do anything but we can raise awareness amongst ourselves and and try to you know prepare ourselves as best we can for for what's coming next uh it it sure beats what we were doing which was sitting around you know with our dicks in our hands watching football all day (laughs) i have no idea you know that's that reality has been shattered for quite a lot of people now and they're now living in a different world where they understand things aren't the way they thought. And, you know, we should capitalize on that and get these people up to speed as quickly as possible and, and start to uh, start to strengthen
2: our position as much as we can. Ragingdissident.com is the website. Uh, I hope that you find someone to bank with. Uh, I <laughs> hope that you're you're I'm uh, looking into American
4: down. banks right now because uh, it seems I'm banned from every financial institution in Canada, credit unions, all of it.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I I guess let's wrap it with that. Is there some hope by trying to go through some payment processing here in the States? Is that an option for you?
4: There, I'm looking into a couple. Yeah, there's, there's, and the United Kingdom as well. Although, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be one of these things I just can't tell anybody about or say even the name of whatever company it is because it's just going to take one phone call or, you know, or one of the complaint brigades from, we have the, the Canadian anti hate network up here, mm-hmm. the same as the ADL, the SPLC you guys have down there. It's the same kind of thing. They, they go in and attack someone and say, you know, oh, terrorist, white supremacy, far right, blah, 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 blah and your your account is no longer your services are no longer desired by that company so
2: and, and let's be um, honest with ourselves it's not like you can re- remain anonymous in today's day and age uh obviously the government and private corporations have access to nearly all if not all of our major communications so if, it's
4: like it, it it's like fighting you know like uh, vladimir putin you know said he's like if you know you're going to be in a fight you, you should hit first and one of these Like they know, they know who everybody is. They know if, if somebody thinks I'm just going to lay low and hide in the wood, they, they know, dude, they know everybody, um, the way the algorithms and data collection and everything, they know what you're, you're, you're thinking, what you're into, what you're, what kind of person you are, what way you're likely to vote. If you're a gun owner, like all of this stuff. So trying to like, These people are like, I just anonymously post online so that they know there is no point in hiding. So just, you know, this is why I chose to do this a couple of years ago. When you first sit down, I'm sure you had the similar kind of process where you're like, I'm going to go on the Internet and I'm going to start saying things that people aren't going to like, powerful people aren't going to like. And uh, let's see, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to do that? Well, it's going to happen anyway, so I might as well face it head on and and, uh, I'm not going to hide from it because once you're cornered, which we are, there's nowhere to go except through them. So you have to face this and confront this and, and do something about it. Hiding isn't an option anymore. So the whole anonymous hiding behind masks and avatars and that it's just that's what they'd rather you do. It's it's fear, and it, provi- it it shows people you're afraid, that you're too afraid to even show your own face. You can't even put your own. You believe so much in what you're saying. and I mean, yeah. I do. I believe in the things that I'm saying. I'm willing to put my face out here as you are uh, in public and say, you know, come get me then, you know, as a message to everyone else. That I'm not afraid to stand here and do this. What would it be if I was, you know, going to hide behind a pseudonym and a fake, you know, how much do you really believe in the things you say you believe in if you won't even attach your name to it? You're not really willing to go very far with it.
2: So. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, I'm as a guy who got into this way before V for Vendetta and saw the <laughs> yeah. an, uh, anonymous thing take off and the mask thing, and before Antifa was left wing and they were the black block and you know they were yeah. supposedly the right wingers and all that. I always said, listen, what are you hiding your face for? Like yeah. honestly, what are you what are you doing? Are you, do you I mean, Good.
4: Good guys don't hide wear masks, you know, they don't uh, hide behind, like you're supposed to be, you believe in what you're doing. You think you're, you're on the right side of history. Why are you hiding? I stand pro- probably standing here, taking these arrows for, for what I believe in. So my children will, will see this and they'll know that, you know, and everyone else will, will see and they'll know, you know, what's up rather than, you know, hiding and hoping that, uh, you know, the alligator will eat you last or something, you know, if I just hide here in the, in the herd of sheep, maybe the, someone else will get eaten. That's not a strategy. That's just delay. You're just buying time. Um, which you don't have a lot of.
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't find any shame in what I'm doing. I'm not trying to hide no. anything. I believe we never- meet, need more lightness, uh, or I'm sorry, more light on all the darkness around us. And uh, we should be proud to show our faces. Jeremy McKenzie, this has been a, a goddamn pleasure, sir. <laughs> I, I, uh, I hope that uh, good news surrounds you in the coming days, weeks, and months. I, I hope you are able to find a bank and some payment processing and the websites back up, my audience and others. Uh, come to your aid because uh, you're doing the kind of work that we as human beings need to do everywhere to oppose this very, very real new world order slash great reset agenda. We have to become the great resistance right now.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time and uh, you know, thanks for
2: having me, dude. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. There he is, guys. Jeremy McKenzie. Uh, excellent interview. One of the reasons you want to come over to the premium side of the broadcast when we're doing interviews like that. All right, let's 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 buckle it down. Let's get back to Tulsi. And Tulsi is talking about uh, Jordan Pl- uh, Peterson and the fact that he now has to do the re-education thing because he's not allowed to talk about the things that he wants to talk about because they're against uh, what the state would like him to talk about. A lot of uh, intertwining issues on what we were just talking about with Mr. McKenzie.
1: Pearson continues to say every single accusation is not only independent of my clinical practice, but explicitly political. Every single thing I have been sentenced to correction for saying is insufficiently leftist politically. I'm simply too classically liberal or even more unforgivably conservative. Now here's the thing. Canada's constitution guarantees freedom of conscience, religion, belief, opinion, and expression, our own constitution of the United States in the first amendment of the bill of rights guarantees the same. And yet here we are in a place where we have the leaders of these two countries who claim to be beacons and champions of democracy, president Biden and prime minister Trudeau through their actions, telling us a very different story about what they believe democracy to consist of.
2: And Biden doesn't know where he is.
1: Okay, by I mean last time they were, I think the last time they were on a stage together that
2: I saw was that Global Fund video where Biden's out there does a good shaking, it, you know, <laughs> like you know, it, just to kind of deviate a little bit, have a little bit of fun. I was thinking about it the other day. Yeah, you, know, you know, I talked about this last night on the Union of the Unwanted. I truly believe that this document scandal is a non-scandal. Um, that they're going to bring to the forefront, that instead of impeaching Biden, they're going to be on the precipice of bringing up charges, and he's just going to step down after pardoning some people, and he's going to apologize and say that he was unaware, but he's not going to put the country through this, yada, yada, yada. First of all, Biden probably has no idea what's on those documents or in those documents or whether those documents were actually there or they were planted because Biden doesn't know what day it is, all right? I, I believe you could have a little bit of fun with this. What do you mean, Jason, none of this is fun. I know, I know. But but let's say that you're the secret service guy coming over to brief Biden about these documents, you know, before you're, you're gearing them up and greasing the wheels for him to uh, basically throw in the towel and resign. Say you're that guy, okay? And you roll up to him, and, he, and, and Joe's like, "So, so what do they got? What's in the documents?" And you're just like, "Unfortunately, um, Joe, they're they're uh, they're the documents that show that uh, you you uh, raped and murdered that small Chilean child uh, back in the '90s." Oh, oh my, I did that? I, I mean, you've done it many times, sir. That this is just that one incident. Oh, the Chilean one, huh? now now i'm not saying he's done those sorts of things i don't i'm not saying that joe biden is a child rapist and murderer i want to make that very clear i'm saying that he's so far gone to tell him anything about crimes he may have never committed at all oh i don't remember that one wouldn't matter it's, he's fried he's baked it's over
1: just just throwing that out there throwing it on out there Their minds, it's very clear, democracy does not include freedom of speech. It does not include our right to defend ourselves. And it certainly does not include the right to protest against our own government. The knowledge of these facts, paying attention to their actions rather than to their words as they speak about democracy, is important to every single one of us because it tells us how much we must stand up to protect those very rights and freedoms that are enshrined in our own constitution.
2: Yeah, no, we need to step it up. And and look, they were trying to uh ban Jordan Peterson from speaking in Ottawa. All right, t- just take 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 a good look.
3: Uh, I think he's very smart. He's got a lot of interesting things to say. I feel like when I listen to him, I learn something new, get a little bit smarter, and I want to I want to support
2: Who's in the mask?
3: I'm I'm happy to be here, even though it's kind of a controversial thing. The
2: the mainstream
4: media, a lot of of folks in global news tried to cancel this event. They said that this should not even happen. It shouldn't happen in the senators arena. It shouldn't happen in Ottawa. It shouldn't happen in Canada. And the Ontario College of Psychologists seem to agree. Why do you think they're doing that to Dr. Peterson?
3: Uh, Because if their argument doesn't hold water, they don't want to argue. They're afraid to hear somebody articulate, say something counter to what they believe. Uh, it doesn't fit their narrative. So they're like, oh, if I don't like it, you're not allowed to like it. They think he's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh, spreading ideas, very dangerous. Letting people think for themselves, very dangerous. If we're not all group think. They can't control us.
2: So, again, love them or hate them, these are the people that showed up. Plenty of people. Counter to, again, this narrative that you know they we want the Trudeau authoritarianism. Countered to this gaslighting by Trudeau himself right here.
3: When you twist the facts or make things up for political gain, like he does, that's not responsible leadership. Recent studies show that misinformation on COVID has cost hundreds of millions of dollars and Thousands of lives.
2: Thousands of lives. No, no. The misinformation, the disinformation, the Bernaysian talking points, and uh, the disbursement, the deployment of a, a massive psychological and biological warfare campaign on the people have actually cost millions of lives globally. With your help, Trudeau.
3: Peddling misinformation and disinformation has serious and Devastating consequences. Mr. Polyev, Mr. Polyev has made a deliberate choice. But we, all of you in this room, have been there day in and day out to deliver for and to reassure our constituents through these tough times by sticking to facts and
2: science. The science and his smirkles. Facts in science. They're facts in science so they can silence anybody who
0: disagrees. I asked the Prime Minister how much McKinsey got. He said, well, it was all for the middle class. <laughs> He's always had <laughs> difficulty defining what the middle class is. Now we know his definition. It's his friends who make $1,500 an hour as high-priced consultants for his government. Over at McKinsey, where his personal friend, Dominic Barton, was the boss, we now know that he spent 15 billion dollars plus per year on high-priced consultants while canadians are eating at food banks living in homeless shelters and house prices have more than doubled Uh,
2: again they're pricing you out of living they're pricing you out of food they're pricing you out of energy they're pricing you out of home ownership
0: again how much Did his government give McKenzie how much? (laughs) Prime Minister says that Canadians have never had it so good as they face 40-year highs in inflation, as food prices are up 12% year over year after he brought in a carbon tax on our farmers, as the cost of housing has more than doubled, as students are actually living in homeless shelter. We know why, though, he's so out of touch with these people after eight years, because the people he surrounds himself with, like the high-priced consultants at McKinsey, are doing better than ever. So I'd like to ask him again. This company did money, did work of little or no value according to his own public servants. How much did Canadians have to pay for that?
2: Mm-hmm. And, and really a lot of this is just milk toast, but it's also a representation of how much Trudeau doesn't really have to answer any questions. You can just say whatever you like. Just want to put that out there.
3: The right Honorable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, on the contrary, Canadians are struggling right now with high inflation caused by global crises, with interest
2: rates, uh, with disruption. No, no, they're they're struggling because you manufactured scarcity via an event where you clearly, clearly showed your authoritarian dictatorial nature. That's what actually happened
3: in the global supply chains, and that's why we've stepped up to support Canadians. Despite Conservative politicians voting against it, we've been able to keep investing in Canadians while maintaining the best balance sheet in the G7. We have the lowest debt-to-GDP ratio, the lowest deficit of all our G7 partners, and we've put that to work to support the Canadians who need it most. We will continue to be there for the middle class and people working hard to join it.
2: And, and 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 there's some more smirkles. Not once did he address the consultancy agencies at all, and that kind of uh that waste that money. Not once. Just a little bit of a smirkles for you. I got I got a smirkles. The Honorable Leader of the Opposition.
0: Well, he finally got him to admit the Canadians are suffering, and it's after eight years of this Prime Minister. After eight years of this Prime Minister, we have 40-year highs in inflation. We have 32% increase in crime. We have the TTC transit system in downtown Toronto overtaken by crime. We have more people eating at food banks and living at homeless shelters after eight years of this prime minister. But not everybody's doing badly. His friends at McKinsey are rolling in cash. First, they said it was 50 million. Now the government says it's over 100 million. We wanna know the real number. Will the prime minister finally answer the question? How much did he give McKinsey?
2: You're right. How much did he give McKinsey? And again, here, here, here. But again, we don't have to answer any questions here. Honourable Prime Minister. Speaker, everyone
3: in this House with conversations with constituents, with conversations with people right across the country, know well that Canadians are facing tough times. What the difference is between the Conservative leader and myself is, instead of proposing real solutions instead of uh, telling canadians how they're going to help them and invest them the conservative leader stands up crosses his arms throws up his hands and says everything is broken well that's not what canadians are living through mr speaker canadians stick up for each other we're there for each other we support each other through the tough times that's exactly what we've been doing through this pandemic through these past years that's what we will continue to do no matter how much no matter-
2: <laughs> just again just absurd I, I, again we don't answer questions we don't answer questions. All right. I want to hit a couple of these news stories. A moment Ukrainian death ray weapon wipes out Russian soldiers as they wander through a field. Now, you're seeing a still shot here. They don't actually show the moments of death here. They, they skip over them. And I'm going to show you uh, what this thing is. But But what have I been saying? That they're going to roll out technologies that they haven't utilized before. Okay. And and that seems to be, um, you know, this tech has been around, but look, they're being targeted obviously through surveillance and then we're blacking it out, but they're, they're basically hit with a laser guided weapon system and that's it. That's a wrap. See you later. See, and and how much of this escalation, you know, yeah, yeah, we're going for our injured and that's it. We're going to hit you with another, uh laser guided, uh, I think it's a missile weapon system. I'm going to show it to you right here. Um, there it is. It is the Stugna P has pinpoint accuracy and can penetrate armor up to 800 millimeters thick. It's a laser guide. It is laser guided and has a range of five kilometers. Okay. So, I mean, you take a look at this thing. I, I never want to be on the wrong end to something like this you know, you know what let's let's see if we can find the youtube footage as we do it live on this because i i, I want to see it without the censorship let's see let's see if we can find like a a little uh, youtube how-to on this uh weapon called the stugna p we're gonna copy that a little copy action and let's paste it in Okay. Okay. So 9 months ago um this was deployed Ukrainian how successfully operate a Snugna P missile system. Let's watch this, this 6 months ago from the sun. <laughs> The total number of destroyed enemy Tanks is 17 units And the total number of destroyed vehicles Is 29 units Armored vehicles Infantry fighting
0: vehicles And more
2: They do not work like artillery. They are far beyond it. Uh, This this is uh, the reality of where we're at right now with this warfare. just want to remind people, this is not a game. This is escalating. Eight million Americans earning more than $100,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. Disturbing study reveals as inflation continues to decimate earnings. Again, they're pricing you out. A six-figure salary isn't much anymore. You know, you made a hundred k back in the you were upper middle class. You're doing just fine. Even if you had a big family, everything was aok. Not so much. Not so much that everything's gone up. Everything's gone up. Wages are pretty stagnant. Your your dollar's not worth as much anymore. Not a lot to invest in for a turnaround. Hundred k paycheck to paycheck. 100K paycheck to paycheck. Uh, Speaking of war, you know, I don't know how much propaganda this is. I thought it was an interesting story. Uh, Wagner chief boasts that he is turning convicted killers into real cannibals after they were released from prison to join his mercenaries in Ukraine. They call him, uh, you know, a Putin buddy. But what is a reality is that they are uh, commuting the sentences of prisoners to, to uh, the tune of the 50,000 prisoners that are now gonna join the military. And, and, and they're gonna do this again and again and again and again. And, and you better believe that if this war escalates or if something ever happened here, something took place here, that we'd do the same damn thing. I don't know if we'd, we'd be talking about cannibalism. Uh, in the cartoon world we're in, I don't put anything past them. Could. Taking the depression pill prevent uh, lasting agony of shingles. Now, they already want you to shoot up and take all these different types of shots, including your shingle shots, et cetera. And, you know, shingles is something that the vast majority of us will go through in our lifetime. Many of us, uh, as we age, it is a uh, form of herpes. And now you look at this and they want you to take depression pills? Yikes. Yikes! Any anything to get that psychotropic nightmare into your system, in my opinion. The, I mean, these people—they—they just—they don't even hide it. They don't even hide it. Vaxed and boosted UCSF chair of medicine 65 says he'll wear a KN95 mask forever in large gatherings, busy supermarkets, and on public transport, but insists face coverings won't impede his quality of life. No, he's gone. It's over. This guy, it's it's done. If he's wearing that the rest of his life, you know, this is a medical doctor. This is an authoritative source. This is somebody that you're supposed to li- uh, listen to because he buys into all the talking points, all the mandates, is totally and completely detached from reality and is willing to not only Put it on display and advertise it, but do so proudly. Do so proudly. Folks, I am a documentary filmmaker. Loose Change Final Cut and Fabled Enemies. You want to learn about 9-11? They're free of charge. I want you to watch them. I want you to share them. You want to see the bigger picture out there. Invisible Empire, a new world order to find and shade the motion picture. Raising, uh, I'm sorry, ragingdissident.com is the website for Jeremy McKenzie, uh, another top-notch interview here at redvoicemedia.com. I want to thank all the people at redvoicemedia.com for making this possible. I want to remind you that uh, if you want to share a second hour every two weeks, those go free. If you want to just share the Podbean feed, the audio is free all the time. And I want to give a big shout out to anybody out there that is financially supporting me by being a premium member and watching today. I couldn't do it without your Burma's brigade. You continue to support the broadcast and I will continue to do it live. We are doing that Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow bright and early and I will see you all on the flip side.